or memory text said that for my people have committed what? Two evil. They have left me do what? I'm a teacher, so whenever I stop, I'm, I'm <laughs> expecting a response. <laughs> they have forsaken me what? The fountain of what? The living waters. And I've what? You himself, cistern, broken cistern that cannot hold water. I'm from Haiti, and, and there were times when I was growing up, we had no water in our, in our, in our area. We had to actually travel miles to go and get water. The worst thing that could happen to you is to get there, there's a long line by the way, to wait for your turn and when your turn comes, to realize your container is leaking and you have to go back home again. Just what a waste of time. And to go that far and get to the, what you're looking for and to realize your container, your vessels cannot hold water. Love. What is love? Love, countless books have been written about love, this theme, love, this beautiful word, love. Multiple songs have extolled its virtue. After all, all the world needs is what? Is love. So we want love, we search for love, we yearn for love because love is the essence for what we live, for what we breathe. But God is calling us for something much, much what? Not what we know as love, is calling us for the pure love, the fountain of what? Of living, living water. As we search for the word of love and we begin to think about it now, we begin to say, how do I find love? Well, we've looked for love in all different places again. So we have looked for love in, sometimes we go online for love. We look for eHarmony in love. We look for uh, Match.com and so on. All of it again enshrined to find what? And again, all the things we do for love because we want love so bad. And as we search for love, we begin to ask ourselves again, what do I need to do to find it. And we're willing to spend money. We're willing to listen to all kind of advice except for the right advice. We ask for all kind of counsel except for the right person. The Bible said in 1 John 4 verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God. Now listen now. Because God is what? Now the text is very clear. The text doesn't say that God has love. Or that God know where love is. He said God is the very definition, the very essence of what? Of love. So if you need to have love, if you need to know love, you need to know who? You need to know God. So for my people, let's commit what? To evil. They have left me. They have forsaken me. The living water. And they have gone out and do what? So let's look at some examples of people that have done that in the Bible. God has created us again with everything that we needed. When Adam was created, there was nothing lacking in the, in the garden. All the stuff that he needed, God was there. God said, there you go. All of this is yours. And of course, you know, God gave him, you know, Eve. But one of them, second, Eve saw what? The serpent coming around and telling what? Hey. The Bible says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, for food and pleasing to the eye, and also what? Desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. The one thing God said, you could not have this. Now think about it. Let's say now there were a hundred trees in the garden. Let's say there were a hundred trees. And God said, okay, of the hundred trees that is there, 99 of them is yours. 
one is mine. Do not touch this. Was that unfair? Was that mean? That wasn't, was it? But that one tree that said you couldn't have, somebody came around and said, hey, you know what? God is lying. If you want to have love, if you want to know more, eat that tree and you will have what? Knowledge. And of course, she didn't listen to him, right? Did she? Of course she did. And look what happened now. It's because, again, in our heart, again, it's always sometimes more easy, more believable to, to listen, to believe others than to believe the word of God. When God said, do something, was, ah, you know, what does God know? I'm going to listen to the serpent. Can you imagine now me going to my wife and tell my wife right now, listen, baby, I was going to pay the mortgage, but I, I met a cat and the cat told me not to. And you know what? I listened to the cat. Now, what will she say? 911, can I help you? <laughs> Just lost my husband. <laughs> now, you could imagine now how sad, how heartbroken could God felt when he told him, all of this is yours. Just leave that one for me. And they did what? Not listen to God. They all again were looking for what? Love in the wrong places. Have you done the same thing in your life? Have you listened to the serpent in your life? Have you listened to the wrong advice in your life? And again, she listened. And of course, all this calamity, all this disaster, all this sin came upon this world. Because again, she was doing what? Looking for love in all the wrong places. And as you begin to look again at the Bible again, there's some story again. Because of what happened with Eve and the people of God again went to captivity in Egypt. And they were there for hundreds of years, suffering. Pharaoh was killing the kids by throwing them to the Niles. And the Bible said the people of God groaned, and their groan got to heaven. And God said, you know what, this is enough. I need to get my people out. And God did what? He sent Moses, and he judged Pharaoh and his people. And the Bible was in display. God was in display. He showed how powerful he was. And he took his people to what? To the wilderness. And when they got there, what happened? The sea was in front of them. They said, oh my God, we're in trouble now. But what did God do? I like how the Bible, how David, or one of the Psalms said that the sea saw God. And pretty much the, the air coming out of his nostril cut the sea in half. And they were able to what? Cross it. And the people said, Amen. And Pharaoh of the army, what? Die in the Red Sea. Now, was that a display of love? Yes or no? Anybody home? Was that a display of love? Yes, because God loved his people so much that he went out now by himself and took his people out. A couple of days down the road again, they got to the Mount of Sinai. And for the first time ever, a people, a nation, heard the voice of God and still lived. They heard the voice of God. And God said, these are my ten commandments. The first one, thou shalt not have what? Actually, that wasn't the first one, actually. I was like, God said all these words. <laughs> See, I am the one that have what? Taking you out of what? Out of the house of what? So God is reminding them where you've been, what you've been through, your struggle, your hurt, all of these things. I've done this because of what? I love you. So one thing I'm asking you again is to not have what? And guess what happened? Not one year later, not five years later, a month later. They made what? Now, can you imagine somebody said, man, you look like a cow. 
Would you be happy about that? Now, you know what they're saying if you say, look at cow. So that's not a good thing. They made a cow. Say, hear, O Israel, behold your God. They have do what? Taking you out of what? Now, can you, how would you feel now? How would you feel if you were God in this situation? Would you be happy about this? Would you be disappointed? Would you be heartbroken by this? Now, we, you do understand now, whenever you love, love sometimes, some, because in our world, like because of sin, always follows sometimes heartache and sacrifice and heartbrokenness. God felt that way because he realized all of that done for you, you've done what? A cow. And this is it. Let's go. This is your God. And God said to Moses, go quickly, because your people that you brought out have done what? Have forsaken me. You have committed two evil. You have left me. What? The fountain of what? Of living water. And I've made what? A cow. A cow that cannot breathe. A cow that couldn't talk. A cow that you had to make. And you said, this is your God. How many times we have look aside what we know God tells us explicitly in his book. This is what I want for you, of you. Please listen. He said, yes, what all the Lord has said we will do. And a second later, you go and you know, complete now rebellion against what you know. So yet, this is another story again of people of God. The people of God that were called out for a special purpose, called out of Egypt now for a special reason. These people again have forsaken God time and time again. Now, a couple of you know, years later again, you know the story. God sent 12 spies. Sent 12 spies to spy the land. He said, go out and find out this land and come back and bring report to you. And they went for 40 days. And you know the story. And when they came back, they said, oh, man, that land was beautiful. We saw some beautiful things. The tree it is exactly what God had said. It is what? Flowing with milk and, and honey. Now, this is found now in Numbers 14, verse 1 to 4. But 10 of the 12 spies said, well, you know what? Uh, while it is a beautiful land, uh, that's the problem. Because we've seen some giant in that land. There's no way we can do what? We can go and take them. Now, keep in mind again, they just came from where again? From Egypt. Who brought them out? God. And crossed the Red Sea. Who cut the Red Sea for them? God. God fed them out of what? Out of heaven, sky, raining what? Manna for them. And give them water. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10. They all drank in that fountain that followed them. And that fountain was who? Was Christ. They knew about these things. And yet they found one obstacle. They said, you know what? Oh, I don't know about going there. Because, hey, there's some big guy over there. Some giant muscles. We can't go. And the Bible said now in Numbers 14, verse 1 to 4, that night, all the members of the community raised their voice and wept aloud. And they all grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. Now be careful what you wish for, because you might actually get what you're asking for. They are saying what? Wish we had that? Die. Where? What was in Egypt again? Slavery. What was in Egypt again? Torture. What was it for their family? Nothing. But they wish they could go back to it. And or in this wilderness, why? This is the, they're asking now. Why is the Lord bringing us out to this land only to let us what fall by the sword? Or wives or children? 
would be taken as plunder. Would it be better for us to go back to where? To go back to Egypt. And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to where? Looking for love in the wrong places. They want to go back to where? To the place of torture, the place of devastation, a place of hurt. Because they couldn't trust the one that brought them out of where? Out of Egypt. Do you trust God? Do you believe that God is able to do above and beyond what you can think or even imagine? Do you trust that the same God that delivered you from five years ago, two years ago, last year, can do the exact same thing over and over again? Because all God that we serve is an awesome God. Is all-powerful God. Meaning what? God lacked no power. How can then you are scared or afraid of the enemy? There's a song that we have in French. I said, now, you have nothing to fear of the outcome when the outcome is already assured. It's not where you're going. It's who's taking you there. And who's taking us is, in, is Christ. He has never, what, lost a battle. The Bible said in uh, chapter 12 of Revelation, there were war in heaven. Michael and the dragon, what? And the dragon, what? Lost. God never, never, ever, what? Lost a battle. The Bible says, I'll put enemies between what? Thee and the serpent. And he will what? Bruise your... But what will happen to the serpent though? You will crush his head. This is, let's name a leader and let us go back to Egypt. Yes, yay. What? Are you crazy? Egypt? That's the world. In front of them was the promised land. They say, we are not able to go over there. We need to go back to the world. Let's get back out there. Let's enjoy it. Have you ever seen somebody leave the church and you couldn't recognize them after a while? Say, what happened to you? Oh, I'm having fun. Wow, for real, you are. What, what happened to your face? See, the glow that we have only comes from the presence of God. The Bible said, let this light shine. Meaning what? You can't make it shine. You can only what? Reflect the love of Christ. By reflecting that love again, that light will shine. Let's not go back to Egypt, friend. There's nothing out there for you. In front of us is the promised land. Because if God be for you, come on now. Somebody help me now. If God be for you, that's a rhetorical question. Meaning what? Nobody can be against you. No weapon formed against you shall what? Come on now. No weapon. Meaning what? Whatever the devil can throw at you. God have his number. God has what? His number. You know the story of Solomon. Solomon, the Bible said, this is one of my, uh, you know, if you read the text in the Bible, he said that God gives Solomon wisdom like the sand of the sea. Now, let's just marry it into your mind for a second. God did what? He gave him wisdom like what? Now, is God a merciful God? Is God a God? I mean, can you imagine that somebody giving you something with the, like the sand of the sea? Meaning, without restraint, God gave him what he was asking for and more. You said, now, the Bible said when Solomon was building the temple of God, he didn't allow, not even hammer, to be heard. In the temple, everything was built somewhere else and brought in, in place. I mean, it was amazing stuff. And as he began to pray and worship God, God himself came down to inspect the house. And fire came down from heaven and burned what? The sacrifice. 
did God, his name was beloved of God. That's what God called Solomon. Beloved of who? And the Bible said when he got old, the woman now began to change his heart now toward God. And he now, the men that built temple for God, began to build temple for idols. Moloch and all of those other things. Because what? He had forsaken again the fountain of what? The living water. And he has gone out to do what? To find out all other waters, cistern, broken cistern that can what? Hold no water. Then God said, because you have done this, I'm going to divide the nation. I'm going to make you uh, over only two tribes, and I'm going to give ten tribes to this other guy named Jeroboam. Jeroboam, you know the story again. God gave him the ten tribes. God gave it to him. God prophesied. God said, hey, I'm giving this to you. If you are, if you walk before me, you will be established in this kingdom. But the Bible said in 1 Kings 12, verse 28, Jeroboam, after seeking advice, the king made two golden calves, and he said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. There we go. It is what? I'm going to make it convenient for you to serve God. Don't we love that? We see, I would love to serve God at my own pleasure. I would love to serve God whenever I feel like it. Because, hey, that's human nature for us. We would love to compromise. Why? Because who wants things to be easy? He say, hey, I'm going to make it easy. It's too much. Come on. Too much. Here are your gods. Again, same calf again, who brought you up out of Egypt. Now, what kind of... What kind of example is this king setting up for them? He is setting up for what? For salvation or for damnation? Damnation. You and I, we have a, we have a, we have a goal. We have a job. In our job, we are a calling. And the calling, obviously, is to do what? Is to go and tell the world about what? About Christ. The soon coming of Christ. Do you believe that Christ is coming soon? Well, let me ask you a different question. Do you believe you will die soon? No? Nobody believes that. All right. Well, that's good. We're all immortal. That's good. But if you believe you will die soon, therefore God will come for you sooner than. So now is the time what? Today, Bible says today, today, today. If you hear his voice, what? There's a text in Hebrew chapter 2. He said now, how shall we escape if we reject? He said, no? He said what? If we neglect such a great what? Now that's a big difference between rejecting and neglecting. Now people that have rejected say, I don't want this. Neglecting means you have said yes, but through time, what happened? You put it aside. Now, if, if you have ever bought a new car or a new thing, whatever it is, a phone or computers, let's say the car first. A new car, I mean, you just like, oh, my God, nobody sit in the car. I mean, please, don't eat in my car. Stay away from the car. You are protective of it. Why? It's your new car. See, when you first find God, you are protective of God. You begin to tell people about God. Hey, this is what I find out. God is good. Come and taste and see. But with time, you become careless after time. After a while, you begin to, oh, you know, it's, it's all right. I can clean it after a while, you know. Uh, I can always paint it over. And you know, I can do this. I can do that. You begin to neglect it now. Dust begins to cover your Bible. Because you don't have time to read no more. You barely have time to pray because you know why? Hey, I'm so busy. God understand that. You begin to neglect now what God. My friend, do you understand how privileged you are to know God? The Bible said, let not the rich man 
rejoice in his, in his riches. Let not the wise man rejoice in his wisdom. Let him who wants to rejoice, rejoice in the knowledge of me. Knowing God is a blessing and a privilege. My friend, listen to me now. See, uh, people have money out there and they have fame and stuff. I got none of that. But you know what I got? I got Jesus. And with Jesus, I have everything. You know, I was reading yesterday on the news. Man, if you see Tom Cruise's $40 million mansion, I said, you know what? I got something more expensive than Tom Cruise. Eyes have not seen it. And ears have what? Can you imagine? Why should we hang on hot in this world? When Christ said, in my father's house, or what? If it wasn't so, I would have told you. I'm going to do what? And when I go, I will come again for you. Now, we always like to use the word us. Because in us, I'm lost in us. I like the word you. I mean, I'm talking to you. You, you, you. God said, I'm coming for you. Because I want you with me in heaven. So, the king said, it is too much. Don't go up there. I'm making it easy for you. And there we go. Here go compromise. Compromise comes through the church because we want it easy. We want it to... We want to serve God and, and Baal. See, Elijah said, how long would you what? Well, would you dance between God and Baal? If Baal is, you know, go after Baal. That's all. Nobody's hold you. See, listen to me. If you want to be lost, I mean, I'm serious now. If you want to be lost, don't come to church no more. Just go out there and do it for real. Don't play church when you know in your heart you're not for real. Because God can read what? Your heart. You can lie to people. You can lie to me. I can lie to you, but God knows you. So therefore, if you want to live it out there, go and live it up. But if you're serving God, give it a hundred percent. Because at the end, you will not have lost your time. Oh, my brothers, don't miss this now. The Lord happy and said, I have loved you with what? Everlasting love. Now, that means what? The love of God has always been what? The same. There's nothing you could do to increase it. There's nothing you could do to what? To decrease it. He has been what? Constant. Constant. Constant for you. So what else could God have done for his people that he didn't do for him? If you don't believe that God loves you, again, look at the cross. There's a story before the cross. You see, Christ was at the house of Simon. Of Simon. He was uh, invited there. And then as, as he was about to eat again, this woman just walked in and did what? And he broke an alabaster ointment onto Christ. And that fragrance filled the whole room. People began to, what is that? What does that smell? Oh my God, that smells good. What is that? And they began to take, wonder, what was it? They couldn't find it. And eventually, Judas realized what was going on. Judas said, oh my goodness. What? What a waste. <laughs> what did you say? He said, what? What a waste. Now, let's, let's, let's rewind this for a second. Let's pretend now we're in heaven now, in the councils of God. We are angels, okay? And God came to us and said, listen up, y'all. Uh, there's a situation. These folks down there need my help. And I'm thinking about going down there and, and die. Let's take a vote. Who we'll agree with this? Do you think the angel will have to say, well, let's do this? No. They will not a waste as well. Why would you waste your time with these folks, God? Do you imagine that God has countless worlds? Countless beings who worship him. And he decided now, because I love these folks so much, I'm going to go down there and die for them. Was that a waste, do you think? Was it a waste? Because when he said, what a waste, he's saying that Christ is not worth this thing. 
Now, in your heart, is Christ worth something? Now, don't say yes now because you'll you be judging yourself now. Because by your word, you'll be what? You'll be justified. By your word, you'll be what? Is Christ worth something in your life right now? Who do you yearn to? When you get up in the morning, what's the first instant in that morning? Is it to get breakfast first or to pray first? When you leave for work and you're going home, what is your goal for that morning? Is it, okay, oh Lord, I want to go, I'm so tired, I'm going to go to sleep. Is it to read your Bible? How much is Christ worth for you? See, by what we do in life today, we're telling the price, like Judas said, we put on Christ. We're telling them, hey, you know, it's not worth that much. And yet, yet, Christ left everything, everything for you. Look at him at the cross, hanging there naked in front of everybody to see because of what? Love could not let him do anything else but die. For God so loved the world, the Bible said. So you can't, you can't give without love, but you cannot what? Love without giving. So he was not, he was overwhelmed with love that he had to do something. What was it? To die on the cross. And as he was laying there dying, he remembered you today, 2015 in this church. He said, these are my people, Father. I want them to be with me in heaven. What a day will I be when that day come? When finally, no more hurt. No more pain. I am home at last with my father to be with him forever and ever. Would you want to be there? Now, today is the day where God is calling us to make a sacrifice. And the sacrifice he's asking of you is not money. is not, you know, more, you know, offering. What he's asking for you is for commitment. To commit your life to him today. And say, Lord, I am yours to do whatever you want. Take me, Father, because I cannot do this by myself. See, Joshua was about to die. And Joshua said, let me call the people again. Let me talk to them and say, hey, listen up. Hey, I'm seeing things coming coming into the church now. I'm just seeing now some attitude coming in. That's not right. You know what? Let me give you my, 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 my last thought before I die. Choose you today. Choose you today. Whom would you serve? See, it's always about a choice. Love called for choice. God said, choose you today. Whom would you serve? Is it the other God that your father served beyond the, beyond the lake? Or is it God? As you're thinking about this, Joshua said, let me tell you what my decision is. As for me, in my house, I will serve God. Do you want to serve the Lord today? Do you want to say, Lord, I am yours forevermore. Whatever it takes, Lord, do it to save me and my family. Do what you got to do, Lord, because I cannot come that far and turn back. Because, again, how shall you escape? How shall you escape if you neglect such a great salvation? 